Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you enjoy the Bumps and Thumps podcast. In order to continue to get the guests on and improve our podcast, we need support from listeners like you. That financial support helps us continue to do the podcast and get guests on that we normally would not be able to get on the show. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, and the number three after, and click on the support button. There will be options there for you to make a monthly contribution. With your contribution, we can continue to conduct the podcast and ask more well-known wrestlers from the past and present that require financial compensation to be on the podcast. Again, please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, and the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for your support. Thank you for another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is no stranger to pro wrestling. He is most remembered as a member of the tag team demolition known as Smash and Crusher Khrushchev as a member of the Russians. His many accomplishments include winning the NWA Mid-Atlantic title, NWA Six-Man Tag Team title, NWA World Tag Team titles, and is a three-time former WWF World Tag Team champion. He was also awarded the Tag Team of the Year Award from the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2015 and was inducted in the New England Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Barry Darso. Barry, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Brian, it's about time, huh? You've been trying to get me on this show for a long time, and finally uh, I'm here. I'm glad I am. Oh, I'm glad, too. I know you're a busy man. you got a lot of things going on, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be on here today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, so first I'd like to talk about, if we can, uh, I know you're from Minnesota. Uh mm-hmm. Let's talk about growing up in Minnesota, and I know you've had some uh, pretty good classmates when you're in high school. Um, yeah, let's talk about how you grew up a little bit, if we could. Um, when I was a kid, or when yeah, I got when you were a kid. Well, when I was a kid, I uh, I lived about probably five blocks from a park, and I kind of lived at the park all the time. I played hockey, baseball, and football. And I have an older brother that I, I hung around with, and that's what got me, you know, good at sports. And when, uh, you know, I don't want to brag myself up, but I was I was pretty good at all the different sports. And you go ahead and brag yourself up. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you know, I uh, I was really good at baseball and really good at hockey. And I got uh, recruited by Herb Brooks uh, for okay. the Minnesota Gophers. And I ended up turning him down, and I signed for football at the University of Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so so my whole life was sports, and and my mom just uh, was incredible. Mm-hmm. He backed me on everything I did. I was well rotten, you know, had the best, <laughs> best hockey skates, best sticks, best. Uh, baseball gloves, best everything, yeah. and uh, and we had our family didn't have any money. We were pretty poor, but she 
and spent the money on me for sports. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Sounds like a great lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she just passed away a couple of weeks ago, in fact. I'm sorry to hear that. 92 years old and lived an incredible life. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that's what we missed. Wow. That's amazing. Now, I did a little research, and um, I noticed you, uh, in your when you were in high school, you had... Uh, pretty good, some pretty good classmates with you there. Um, oh, yeah. Rick Rude, Kurt Henning. Um, did you ever have any interaction with them in school, or did you just... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. all yeah. the time. Uh, in fact, Rick Rude lived uh, about three, four blocks from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I knew him from when I was, you know, first, second grade even. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, Kurt, I really got to meet him when I was in junior high. And... Okay. Uh, some of Kurt, or in fact, one of Kurt's best friends, Brian D. Clerk, I played hockey with him. That's how I got to really know Kurt. Okay. And then Kurt's sister, Sandy, she was a year older than I was, so I, mm-hmm. I knew her pretty well in school, too. Oh, very interesting. And then, yeah. uh, then Scott Simpson, who was Nikita Koloff, mm-hmm. and I grew up playing baseball and football with him. And he just lived probably five, six blocks from me. And then he's Tom, a real. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And then Tom Zink, he, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, I was on. We were on the same baseball teams growing up too. So yeah, we oh. all went to school together. That's that's pretty amazing. You know, I, I did a podcast almost probably about a year ago with uh, with Nikita. Yeah. Nice guy, really mm-hmm. nice guy. Uh, Really interesting person to talk to. And uh, speaking of that, uh, getting into professional wrestling, what what was it for you that, that got you uh, interested in, in actually getting uh, getting into it? Well, uh, Rick Rude and the Road Warriors, both the Road Warriors, we all worked at the same bar uh, in northeast Minneapolis called Grandma B's. And every night it was fighting our way out of that bar, you know, <laughs> throwing people out, doing everything. And, and one night we were, we were all having a couple of beers after work. And Eddie Sharkey, who was a bartender there, mm-hmm. he says, I got to get you guys into wrestling. You guys want to get in. And then we just said, you know, it sounds like a, Sounds like a good thing to do. Let's do it. So he got us in a wrestling camp that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we all got in. That's interesting. What was the camp like for you? Was it was it pretty pretty rugged? Um, well, it was rugged because we didn't know what we were doing, mm-hmm. and Eddie Sharp never smartened us up or anything on it. <laughs> so it was pretty. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, I, I heard he. Uh, him, his camp, and uh, Vern Gagne's camp, where I've heard are probably one of the two of the most toughest ones. But yeah, and Brad Riggins had a really great camp too, and his his wasn't easy at all either. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what's okay? So uh, after you got trained, um, did you, you went to Mid South, I believe, right? Or, or where did you go after well, you got trained up? After I got trained, I went to Hawaii. Okay, Hawaii. Okay. And I wrestled for Mrs. Maivia there. Okay. And then from there, uh, he sent me to 
New Zealand for Steve Ricard. And so I went back and forth to New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa, Hawaii, went quite a few trips there. Wow. And then, uh, and then from there, I went to Florida. Dusty Rhodes was the booker there. Okay. And I was there for about three, four months and just trained and got to know a lot of the guys and everything in that territory. And at that time, that territory was unbelievable. It was, um, you know, top guys. They were selling out all over the place. It was it was big time wrestling then. Yeah. And Dusty came to me one day and he says, Barry, he says, uh, I'm going to send you to Atlanta. So um, I, I drove up to Atlanta. And then I worked for uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling there. And um, Ole Anderson was the booker at that time. And I, okay. I've already known Ole from, he used to come down to the wrestling camp. Okay. And at that time, the Road Warriors were there at that time also. So it was pretty pretty neat to hook up with my friends yeah then I, and then i spent some time from there and then Oli told me he says i'm going to get you down to mid-south with bill watts and you're going to really learn how to really learn how to uh, wrestle so then i drove down to mid-south wrestling and i spent uh, quite a long time down there yeah and uh, worked for bill watts and i uh, lived with ernie ladd down there oh, and wow. grizzly, grizzly smith helped me out a lot and I, I was down there for a couple of years, and I really learned how to wrestle and do interviews and all that stuff. So yeah, it was pretty good. And then I understand uh, you got called up to go to the Carolinas, and they wanted you to be a Russian. What was that uh, well like for you? Wanted to be or becoming a Russian? Well, when I was down in mid south, um, I wasn't. Uh, I was a baby face, but, you know, Jim Duggan was down there, the Junkyard Dog, Kerry Taylor, Magnum TA. So mm-hmm. being a baby face down there wasn't a good situation. So Bill Watts, he teamed me up with Nikolai Volkov, okay. and I became Khrushchev down there. Okay, okay. So, so then after I was there for a couple of years, I left there and went to Florida Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. and I was still Crusher Khrushchev, and then I – Teamed up with Jim the Anvil Nightheart and uh, David Sierra. He was the Cuban assassin. Oh, okay. And, and we had a great run down there. I really liked that territory. We worked for Eddie Graham then. Yeah. And then, uh, then that's Flair used to come in all the time, back and forth, and mm-hmm. we'd ride together. And I and I knew Rick from the uh, early days when I first got in the business. Okay. And uh, he called me up one day and he says, "Barry, you got to come up to the Carolinas." I told him, I said, Rick, I don't want to leave Florida. This is the, the best territory. I was home every night. Yeah. And Rick said, uh, no, we really need you up here. And we want you to team up with uh, Ivan Koloff. And Nikita Koloff was really green at the time and needed some help. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, Rick, I I just, I, I got a really good guarantee, you know, money-wise. And I was very happy. And yeah. so I said, you know, I'm not saying no, but I, I just can't afford to go up there. I'm doing too well. Yeah. So I said, okay. He says, I'm going to have Dusty call you. <laughs> and I said, Rick, you don't have to have Dusty call me. I'm, I'm not coming up right now. Yeah. Well, about a week later, all of a sudden the phone rings and it's Dusty, you know, and Dusty says, Barry, baby. <laughs> he said, uh, 
I did you the favor of getting you in Atlanta, you know, and he says, no, I didn't need a favor in North Carolina. And I said, uh, Dusty, what kind of guarantee can I give you? He says, I guarantee you're going to have a great time and you're going to make more money than you ever did. Yeah. And I said, well, when's that? He <laughs> says, when the territory pops. And he says, you're going to be one of the guys that's going to help pop the territory. Yeah. So... We talked for quite a while, and finally I said, all right, Dusty, I'm going to put my notice in here, and I'll be up there, you know, how's a month? Mm-hmm. He said, perfect. So then I <clears throat> packed my bags again and went to North Carolina, and yeah. Nikita had a, an apartment waiting for me, and oh, wow. we, we started uh, started with, uh, you know, the building's half half full or whatever, and after about two, three months, they were sold out everywhere. Yeah. And I made really good money. So yeah, I that so I was crushed the cruise ship with Ivan Koloff then yeah. and Nikita. I remember um I you know, I'm from Wisconsin, but we used to get uh back in the mid eighties when cable was coming in, we got TBS. Yep. And so I would Saturday night I would uh be watching and I'd see you three on there and oh you guys played it to the T. I'll tell you what. I know today it's a lot different, but then you guys made it so believable, so, yeah. so real. And I just always wanted to go through the television and wring your guys' necks. I mean, I mean, I was <laughs> a teenager at the time, but you did your job so well. And I just, I, you know, that to me is uh, was the golden years for me anyways was those in the 80s 70s 80s early 90s guys like you uh and, and you know what, what that's few you had with sam houston was that did you enjoy that i mean you guys had a lot of good matches yeah i really i really enjoyed that sam houston was a really good worker yeah and uh, you know it uh you know it, it seems like every place Every territory I went, I learned so much from all different people, and I did learn a lot from Sam. And he yeah. was young, you know, but he he grew up in the business. And yeah. the more time you spend with people in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, you just keep learning and learning. And uh, yeah. that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I really liked working with Sam, and he was real easy. Yeah. And you know, it was tough to get hurt unless you hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, we talk about chemistry a little bit. Uh, who is the person or persons, either as a singles, an opponent, or tag team that you think you had the most chemistry with? It just it just flowed um, throughout my whole career. Yeah, whoever it was, uh, my opponent. Um, yeah. Gosh, I. You know, it's so hard to say that. You know, I. Yeah. When I was in Mid South working with Jim Duggan, you know, we just we really clicked. Yeah. And and the junkyard dog and Terry Taylor, I'll tell you, Terry Taylor, I guess he taught me more than anything and he was one of the guys I learned how to work. Yeah. And he uh might have been Terry Taylor back at the day. But I you know, I don't know. The Rock and Roll Express when we were <laughs> tagging was phenomenal, you yeah. know, uh yeah, that's a tough one, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I just figured sometimes guys can tell you, hey, I had the best matches with, 
you know, so-and-so, and, and we just flowed. And, uh, you know, I, you mentioned Terry Taylor. I don't think Terry Taylor gets enough credit for what he's, when he's done. In the he does, and he was, he was instrumental on helping me yeah. in this business way, way back. And, and honestly, I don't think you got, you get enough credit for what you've done. I mean, you've done so much, um, uh, to me anyways. And I know a lot of fans, once they listen to this, uh, will agree that, you know, you brought out a lot of different things and different people and matches and, and, um, it does not go unappreciated. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, I know I fans out there, and uh, you know, I just want to let you know that. So, so well, thank you. I, I appreciate. It. I'm glad I'm on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't just calling you to harass you. I wanted you on the show because I really liked you. <laughs> uh, so, your best. Uh, your feuds, you know, you had some feuds with, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, Dusty Roads. Who uh, what was one of your, at least one of your favorite feuds that you had with uh, either an opponent or, or a, a, the opposite tag team? Um, one of the best feuds was the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. When when Ivan and I were together. And then when, uh, when Axe and Smash were together. Mm. Um, that, that was really tough to pick a team because, you know, the Brain Busters, you know, the the Heart Foundation, you know, the you know the Bulldog. I, there were so many tag teams that it just worked well with. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, the Road Warriors, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, when you were demolition with, uh, with Axe, uh, Bill Eady, is that how you say his name? Yep, Billy. Okay, yeah. okay. I want to make sure I said it right. Uh, I thought you guys were phenomenal, even as uh, you know, baby faces. I liked you better as as heels, but even baby faces when even uh, you guys clicked so well, right? And just seemed like you were just naturally always a tag team together. Uh, what was it like working with him? Oh, he was the best. You know, yeah. I I was a big fan of Bill's. Um, you know, when he was the mass superstar. Yes. So, so I kind of knew everything that he was going to do just from, you know, I, I knew how he worked. Yeah. So I think that might've been why we were such a good team together. Yeah. Is because of that, you know? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was definitely, uh, a, a great partner to have to, to learn and finish off my career with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You guys were phenomenal. Uh, when you first came on the scene with, uh, when you had Mr. Fuji as your manager, um, yeah, I didn't like you guys then either. <laughs> so you did your job well again. God, that's what I like being the heel, you know? Yeah. Do you like being the heel? Did you like being the heel more than a baby face? I loved being the heel. Yeah. I actually, I really loved being the heel. Yeah, because you get to kind of do some different things and get some heat. Uh, did you ever get uh, heat in uh, real life with anybody? I mean, did you have any problems with anybody as far no. as uh, working with anybody or anything like that? No, I never, never ever had any problems. I, I got cool. along pretty good with uh, everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never, never had any problems. That's good. That's good to hear. So, uh, other feuds, what was probably the worst feud you had or didn't, didn't, it didn't click or it didn't go well, you don't think? Well, when, I was, when, when Bill and I, uh, Action Smash, when we wrestled the Road Warriors mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, up with Vince, yeah. that one, I didn't like that at all because that was one of those ones that, um, you know, we had good matches, but they weren't great matches. Yeah. And, and it didn't, it, and it shouldn't have been like that because they were a great team and yeah. we were a great team, but the way they put us all together, mm-hmm. it just, it, it just wasn't, wasn't right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that made it kind of tough. It was like pulling teeth. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it was it was hyped up. I remember that, and it was uh, hyped up or promoted, you know. And, and yeah, it just to me, and I don't mean to be disrespectful here. I, I just didn't think it for what how it was marketed and promoted. It didn't turn out the way it, it was. I expected it. No, not at all. And and that's that's how I felt. And yeah, and as, as a guy, you know that. You know, every match meant so much to me. That right. was disappointing. And, you know, I, I've talked to Animal, you know, before he passed away. We talked about it a yeah. lot. And yeah. he was really disappointed, too. And, you know, the two teams, one thing about Axe and Smash, we could wrestle anybody. Yeah. And they could be smaller guys, bigger guys, you know. And, and we always had really good matches. But for some reason, with the Road Warriors, it, it just didn't click right mm-hmm. and it wasn't that it was their fault or our fault it's mm-hmm. just sometimes uh it's not put together correctly and then yeah it's hard to work around and yeah that's really what it was what it was like it was it was hard to work um yeah. i don't know if you know it but uh bill and i have been together now 35 years wow that's amazing it's our 35th anniversary on January 26th. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I, I was just with him in Houston. We did an autograph deal down there. And uh, yeah, it, we, were, we were talking, and it's like, how in the world could we be together 35 years? It doesn't seem like it's been 35 years. Yeah. You know? Time flies when you're having fun, right? I guess that's it. <laughs> that's... Uh... That's great. I mean, uh, I've had, I've heard a lot of good things about about Bill, and, and I know he had some health issues, uh, you know, last year. And I'm yeah. glad he's doing a lot better now. Um, yeah, he uh, he almost died from uh, the COVID yeah. shot. Yeah, that I read that. That's terrible. Yeah, but he's doing really well now. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. Let's talk about. Uh, so you held you've held a lot of titles. You know, well, you've held. What do you think was your, in your mind, the most accomplishment as far as getting a title for you? What was the, like, yes, I, when, you know. when we When we won the tag titles from Andre the Giant and Haku, in uh, Toronto, uh, that was probably the most meaningful one. And, okay. and because it was Andre and Haku, you know. Yeah. Um, both of those guys were friends of ours mm-hmm. and we, we were with them 
all the time for years, you know, but, mm-hmm. and we never thought we'd be wrestling them. And, you know, Andre was, you know, I mean, that's one of the greatest things in your life is to be able to say, Hey, I wrestled Andre the giant. And then, yeah. and then we wrestled them and beat them. And, and then, uh, we had a match with Andre the giant and giant Baba in Japan. Mm-hmm. And oh. that was a huge, huge match. So yeah. that's kind of the highlight, I guess, of my whole career. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good highlight to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to not say, you know, fifteen years before that, when I won the TV title, you know, against you know whoever, or mm-hmm. you know, when Ivan and I and Nikita were the six man tag team champs. I mean, all yeah. that was very important, but yeah, you know, it's hard to. You know, but I guess because it's Andre the Giant and yeah. Haku. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of things about Haku. I heard he's a heck of a nice guy, but don't get him upset. Haku is one of the greatest guys uh, in the business. That's how good of a guy he is. Yeah. And yeah, it, you'd have to be kind of foolish to, yeah. to try Haku. Yeah, I've talked you to know? some other guys like Jim Brunzel and, and, uh, and a few others. They said he's the nicest guy in the world. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He'll take care of you. Just don't cross yeah. him. Yeah. And, uh, and you have no reason to cross him, you know. I mean, right. he's that good of a guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So, okay. Uh, a little bit more. Uh, you had some characters after Demolition, you know. Yeah. And did you enjoy doing those? or Because, you know, you were Repo Man. You were... Um, when you went to WCW, you were some different characters every week. Did you enjoy that, or is that just something that they kind of said, "Oh, you got to do this"? Um, I I loved to be the Repo Man. That yeah. was a great a great uh, thing, and um, one of the reasons why I did it was I was going to turn babyface, and I was going to do a lot of stuff for Make a Wish. That's kind of what I oh, wanted to do. Okay. And, and I thought it was a great character that if I was a real bad guy, a real terrible person, mm-hmm. that once you turn good guy, then you're really a good guy. And that was kind of my thought in the head. Okay. In my head. And uh, uh, later on, I went to Vince and said, Vince, when am I going to change babyface? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm starting to have a hard time working as a heel because I'm starting to get some cheers here and there. There, People are kind of liking the gimmick, you know? Yeah. And he says, Barry, you will never be a baby face here. And I said, well, that's not what we agreed. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry. He says, you're going to be a heel. And so a couple of months later, I said to Vince, I said, well, Vince, I said, I'm going to put my notice in. Yeah. And he gave me, he gave me a look like, you're putting your notice in? And I said, Yeah. I said, that's not uh, what I agreed on. This is, yeah. you know, I want people to boo me or cheer me. I want them to hate me or love me. I don't want any in-between stuff. Yeah. And and I was kind of an in-between guy at the last, mm-hmm. you know, four or five months. Yeah. And uh, so I put my notice in, I left. Huh. Not too many people say that, huh? Not too many. No, not too many. <laughs> so, that's pretty. So then I went home and... I uh, I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to stay out of this business for a while, mm-hmm. and sold cars at a car lot, and 
then uh, John Nord and myself uh, were working at the car lot together, and John says, hey, Barry, let's call Vince. <laughs> so we're in, we're in our office one day, and John calls Vince, and Vince gets on the phone. And he says, what are you guys doing? You know, Vince is a, to me, Vince was a great guy. You yeah. know, I, I I always got along with Vince. He was mm-hmm. he was honest until he didn't make me a baby face. But you know, business is business, and right. I, that that wasn't what was in line for him. Yeah. So, anyways, we we're talking, and we said, "Hey, Vince, uh, John and I want to team up together, and we want to come up to to work with you." And Vince just started laughing. He goes, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." He says. <laughs> He says, but I'll tell you what, I really appreciate you guys calling. We we talked for probably a half hour, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and for him to take the call and do all that, I mean, it was a great, great yeah. deal. So anyways, we hung up. And then I said, uh, hey, let me make a call. I'm going to, let's call up Eric Bischoff. You know, he was the boss in WCW yeah. down there. Yeah. And John goes, oh, I don't know Eric Bischoff. I said, well, I, I've known him and known him through people. Let's Let's get a meeting up there. So anyways, it ended up being where we were wrestling at the Target Center, and I called Eric. I said, hey, can uh, John Nord and I team up against a couple of guys on TV and just see what, what you think, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were at the Target Center in Minneapolis, and WCW comes there, and John and I tagged up, and we tore it up, you yeah. know? And then uh, then after the show, you know, Eric says, well, I'll give you a call. So anyways, Eric Eric calls me up and he says, yeah, Barry, you and John aren't going to be a tag team. He says, it's just, we don't need tag teams, but I'd like to meet with you. Can you uh, come up to Atlanta to the office? I'd like to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. Okay. So I, I ended up going to Atlanta and I was in his office and I said, so Eric, uh, can you hire me? And he says, yeah, I can hire you. And he, he looked at me and he says, well, what do you think you should get paid? <laughs> and I said, well, Eric, I said, I think I'm worth about a million dollars. And he looks at me and he goes, what? A million dollars? How can I justify a million dollars? And I said, well, I said, uh, I can beat everybody in the territory in about 30 seconds. And I says, and then I'll be the new WCW champion. And I said, then I'll be worth a million dollars. And he looked at me and he says, you know, that's a really, really good answer. And he says, I can't offer you that, but how about $150,000 and you don't have to hardly even work? And I said, you know what? I'll take that job. <laughs> so I, I took that job and uh, yeah. then John had, ended up getting a job there too. And we had a great time. Yeah. And then, John, uh, go, go ahead, Barry. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Barry. Well, and then, so when I was in there, uh, Flair was the booker at the time. Mm-hmm. And I sat with Rick, and Rick says, Barry, he says, you got to come up with some kind of a gimmick for you. And I says, well, what do you want? He says, well, I want uh, you know, maybe a truck driver or something like that. <laughs> and I says, well, what the hell am I going to do being a truck driver, you know? And he says, well, just think of some stuff. So, you know, Arnie Anderson, me and him were together all the time, best friends, you know, mm-hmm. talked all the time, and, and Bobby Eaton. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, you guys, I said, we need to go to Bobby's garage. And I said, let's have a few beers and you got to come up with a name for me. So we were sitting on the couch, you know, down South they have couches in the garage and it's beautiful at night and they got the refrigerator in the garage and we probably had a case of beer down. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I told Arn, I said, Arn, you got to come up with a name for me. I'm, I'm going to be a truck driver, and I'm just going to be a mean son of a gun. Think up a mm-hmm. good name for me and what I got to do. So after about, you know, 10 beers, <laughs> Arn's glasses come down lower on his nose, and he looks at me, and he goes, you're the blacktop bully. And I just uh... went, that's the greatest name ever. <laughs> so I, I called up Rick the next day and I said, Rick, you're talking to the blacktop bully and I'm mean and nasty and all that stuff. And he loved it. So yeah. then he said, well, I'm going to team you up with Colonel Parker and we're going to do some stuff where you're just sitting outside the ring and you're a, you're a fan and you're going to start getting on everybody's case, you know, and that's, that's when I, you know, kind of had a feud with uh, Ricky Steamboat and, and Dustin, and then I got thrown in jail one night, and uh, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. That that was one of my favorite gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. Blacktop bully. That's interesting. Uh, John Nord, I I, uh, I forgot you had been to school with him as well. Uh, what was it like uh, teaming up with him and uh, wrestling? Was it John Nord is one of the funniest guys you've ever matt yeah he would do anything for you if you were in trouble and you say hey john you got to help me out john would do everything he could to help you out yeah. that's the kind of guy he was um that's great. wild man uh yeah. you know he was it just uh how do you explain john nord you know i i, I love the guy yeah. um did he enter his name the berserker yeah, he was the berserker. <laughs> I don't know how they came up with that name, but, you know, when I was up in the WWF at that time, mm-hmm. Bill and I and Fuji traveled everywhere together. So I didn't see a lot of my friends Yeah, on the road there. We'd, I'd see them in the buildings. So, you know, we kind of stayed away from everybody. So we, you know, didn't get in trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it would have been terrible if, you know, Wayne Bloom and Kurt Hennig and Nord and myself and all of those guys got together because we were in trouble all the time at home before we got into wrestling. You know, I couldn't imagine when we were on the road making money and away from our wives and everything, what would have happened? Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, John's a great guy. Great guy. So, uh, speaking of Mr. Fuji, uh, working with him was, uh, you know, was that, what was that like for you? Well, Fuji was actually, you know, a, a real manager for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when when he was outside, you know, shaking the cane at us and doing all that, he was actually critiquing our matches. So oh, okay. when the night was done, we'd, you know, drive 250 miles, 300 miles to the next town. Mm-hmm. He'd be telling us what looked good, what didn't look good. Okay. And... You know, Fuji was a, a good wrestler in his day, so yeah, he, he yeah. knew everything about the business, and and we really did listen to what he said. Yeah. So yeah, he was a great guy to have in our corner, and yeah. I think he's kind of what made us the bad guys more. You know, more bit more validation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Big card events. You've been in a lot of them. You were in Starcade, the Great American Bash, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Those big card events for you. What was probably 
one of your favorite ones, I guess, that you were involved in of those pay-per-views? Well, you know, the, the Royal Rumble and, and fans bring it up to us all the time. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when Axe and Smash were the first two out that one day and we had to fight each other. Yeah. That was one of my favorite ones because, uh, you know, we didn't know that we were going to be one and two coming out. Oh, Bill, okay. Bill knew he was number one, but I didn't know that until right before I went out there. And when we went out there, we just kind of looked at each other and we started laughing. And then we just started hitting each other. But the yeah. what was really neat about that was the third guy out was Andre the Giant. Ah. And, and then we started fighting Andre. So it was, I, I thought, you know, uh, Vince and you know Pat Patterson was the booker, I believe, at that time, and mm-hmm. I think they came up with that was one of the best ideas that they've ever came up yeah. with. It, yeah. it really, it really worked. The people yeah. went nuts. Pat Patterson, uh, I have been uh, told that he was probably one of the smartest guys in the business. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I love Pat. He was a great, great guy. I got yeah. along with him really well, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to play golf with his partner Louie in uh, Oh yeah. Okay. Down in Florida all the time and those two were fantastic together too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good uh things about Pat Patterson and and uh what a great uh, mind he had for the business and and, and a good I, person. Yeah, I believe he's the one that invented the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you never worked in the AWA. Never did. What, well, was there a reason for that? I mean, you're from Minnesota. A lot of those guys, your classmates, uh, went through there at one point or another. Was there any particular reason why you never worked up there? Well, I just had jobs everywhere else. I never really had an opportunity to come back here, you okay. know. And, I, and I've talked to Vern and Greg and... You know, I, I worked for them through other companies. Yeah. You know, like uh, I was wrestling for Crockett at the time. Mm-hmm. We went up and wrestled Baron, the Crusher, and the Bruiser in Comiskey Park. Right. Yep. And, uh, and that was, you know, uh, it was like a double promotion deal where, yeah. you know, we came, we came in from Charlotte and wrestled those guys in. Yeah. We did that in Baltimore and, and some different towns we did that for. So I was never working for Vern at the time, right. but worked with him, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and, and, and we, we talked, but like I say, I, was, I always had jobs everywhere else. I didn't really need to come up here. And, and at yeah. that time, I wasn't living, living here. Okay. You know, I was living down south, so yeah. it worked out better by not being here. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure you didn't miss the winners. I you know at that time. Yeah, and speaking of the winners, you know, now I have a really hard time with this cold. It's it's yeah. killing. Me. Yeah. It's uh you know, back in the day, you know, I used to snowmobile and, you know, played hockey and skated and ice fished and did everything, but yeah. Now I just go outside and I freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I'm from Wisconsin. I remember those days. So where where do you live now? I live in Missouri. Which, which actually tonight, uh, well, well, this drops, it'll be long gone, but we're supposed to get 6 to 12 inches tonight. Uh, I'm in yeah. southern Missouri. Are, 
Um, so you're south of Kansas City? Yeah, I used to live in Kansas City. I just moved down uh, by Ball or Springfield about a year ago. Okay, yep. okay. I drove right through there not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I went down and uh, we went to see the Pioneer Woman. Yeah, okay. You ever, you ever heard of the Pioneer Woman? I, I've heard of it, yeah. That's that's one of my wife's favorite, you know, on the cooking okay. shows. And, yeah. Okay. And they're down in Oklahoma down there. Okay. Yeah, we had a great time. And I told her, I said, well, if we're going to go see the Pioneer Woman, yeah. we're going to go down and see the Duck Dynasty then. There you go. <laughs> so we, after we went to see the Pioneer Woman, we went down to the Duck Dynasty and visited their place down there. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. So, so let's talk a little bit about you know you were in different promotions, uh, but you were the big ones were the WWF and, and the NWA. So out of those two, where did you like working the most, and I guess why? Well, both of them had their their good good things and bad things, you know. Right. Um, they were both everywhere I worked. I really loved where I was at, and I, I loved being in the ring wrestling. Yeah. Um, the bad, maybe it'd be better to tell you the bad things about it. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> well, when in the Charlotte territory, um, the traveling was unbelievable. How much travel you did? Yeah. You. You know, one day you're in Atlanta, and the next day you're in Richmond, Virginia, and then in, at night you're down in, you know, Charlotte. I mean, it was every day you're on the road. Yeah. And long trips, and, you know, when you're young it was great, but as you got older it, uh, it kind of got to you, you know, especially when you had a family. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the WWF, you were in a plane every single day, mm-hmm. no sleep. I always tell my wife, I said, you know, I haven't slept since uh, 1980 when I got in the business, you know. And, and that's kind of the truth. Yeah. I, and I still can't sleep. Yeah. But they're all, every place was just great to, to work with and yeah. you know, to work with the different people. And, and I made so many friends. Yeah. And you know, today I would think I could call any one of them and say, hey, I'm coming into town. You want to come to lunch? And. They'd be right there, yeah. you know. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've when I talked to uh, Greg and Jim, they spoke very highly of you, and uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to wanted to get this with you, and I'm so glad we were able to today. I got a couple yeah. more questions, and then I'm going to let you go. So my next yeah. question is: uh, Pro wrestling from when you started to the time that you retired. Was there any significant changes in the business? Oh, un- unbelievable changes. But when we talked about when Rick Rude and the Road Warriors and myself, when we broke in the business, Eddie Sharkey never really told us it was fake. You know? Yeah. Um, we thought that it was real, <clears throat> but yet you let guys do things to you. That's kind of what the thought process was, mm-hmm. you know? And we used to beat each other up. I mean, we <laughs> after camp, you know, we'd go to work at the bar, and it was like, holy shit! I hope we don't get in a fight tonight because we're going to get killed tonight. You know, we're, <laughs> you know, I mean, it it was tough. And then, and then, uh, you know, 
being in Mid South wrestling down there, mm-hmm. when I was crushing the cruise chef, you know, people slit your car tires and yeah. broke your windshields, and you know, I almost got killed a few times. You know, somebody threw a cup full of batteries and hit me in the face. And oh my gosh! You know, oh, I, I've had everything, and then you know, in the Charlotte territory, people pulling guns on you and knives, and you know, then all of a sudden, it became the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And now being a bad guy wasn't really a bad guy. It was almost like you were a good guy as a bad guy. Yeah. So the people didn't want to kill you anymore, but they mm-hmm. knew that they had to boo you because you're the bad guy. Yeah. So it was just a huge turnaround. And, you know, for, for years, we never got to talk to our opponents. We did everything in the ring, you know. Yeah, the baby face would come out of one dressing room and the heels out of another dressing room, and and you'd send messages back and forth with the referee. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of how you you talk. Yeah, and then, then once I got up with Vince in the WWF, all of a sudden everybody's in the same dressing room, and both of you walk through a curtain down to the ring, and it's like, God, this is different, and you felt really really weird. Yeah, exposing the business. You know, yeah. so that that was kind of the the big change that that I seen. It went from real to entertainment. Yeah. Do you think and that was, was good or bad? Um. Well, it it had to be good because the people were still watching. It, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I yeah, suppose your safety's a lot better now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So do you even watch, do you watch wrestling anymore? Do you watch any WWE or AEW or anything like that? Or You know, I, I have to say I don't, but yeah. every once in a while I'll see a match. I watched AJ Styles the other day. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable worker he is. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites for a long time was Santino. You okay, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I loved watching him because he was a character, <laughs> you know. He was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Joe Hennig, I, I really liked Joe Hennig. Yeah. yeah. And they sure didn't do him justice. No, they did and, not. And now Wayne Bloom's son, um, his name is, uh, the heck is his name? Uh, Von Wagner. Okay. He's, he's in NXT and he's coming up. He's got a great look and I think he's going to be really good. Good. All right. He's about six five, about two hundred and sixty pounds, and just looks great. Wow. So he's going to be one to watch. All right. One more question for you. All right. What What are you up to now? What are you What are you What are you Any projects coming or? Well, um, you know, like I've been wanting to do this show with you forever, and I'm just yeah. like nonstop all the time. But yeah, I uh, you know I started a company. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, mm-hmm. 16 years ago. Okay. And so for 14 years, I, I worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I really pushed it hard and I sold the company two years ago. Okay. And, uh, I I retired, but my wife was still working, but I, I was going on the road every weekend doing autographs and doing all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, going back and forth to Michigan to see my my son with my grandkids. 
Yeah. And it was just, it's just, I, I don't even know how I did anything at home because I work so much, but I, I have no time now when I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> I, it actually seems like I have less time. And then I, I tried to start playing golf last summer and uh, I didn't have much time for that. And, yeah. you know, I, I just say I'm busy. And, yeah. you know, we, uh, we just started a new fan club, the Demolition Fan Club. Oh, okay. which, uh, which we're really excited about 80s 80s wrestling con.com is uh okay. the guy who started it is a good friend of ours and uh it's turning out really well so good. um you know if it's like a hundred bucks or whatever you get four or five signed pictures and you know okay. you get to talk to us and all this stuff so anyways but you have to check that out so that's yeah. kind of what I'm doing right now. And, you know, like I said, I'm traveling a, a lot. So. Okay. Well, that's that's very interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out, and I'll put it on the on the description down there for your, sure. your fan club. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barry Darso, say, thank you so much, sir, for coming on here tonight. I really appreciate it. Hey, and thank you, and I'm so glad I got to do your show. Oh, I am too. I finally got, got together and... Folks, he is a busy man. I've been trying to get him on this show since probably I think October, uh, and he is—he is busy. He's not just saying that; he is actually really busy. So, Mister Darso, sir, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, all right, and you take care of yourself, ready? You do the same, and folks, thanks for watching, or, or I'm sorry, listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.